Well, today we get, uh, we get to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving a little bit early, uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the source of gratitude. I think I know the secret. I think I've discovered the secret to like gratefulness, thanks, thankfulness, like true, genuine thanksgiving, uh, like how, how we can have in our lives consistent, regular, thankful hearts that are just overflowing. And the secret is to read your Bible and pray. And I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, hey, you're a pastor. That's your answer for everything. Come on. That can't be the answer for everything. Like, I have anxiety, pastor. How do I deal with my anxiety? Read your Bible and pray. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I'm confused. I'm worried. I don't understand a lot of stuff. What should I do? Read your Bible and pray. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I've been tempted a lot. I'm struggling with a lot of temptation to sin. How should I handle that? Read your Bible and, and pray. Okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm like sleepy a lot. I'm really sleepy. How do I handle that one? What about read your Bible and pray with a good cup of coffee? <laughs> right? Come on. That, that's your solution for everything. But my anxiety is real. And my fear is huge. And, and my frustration level is high. And, and, and my grief is deep. How is reading my Bible and praying going to help with any of that? How does it solve any of those problems? I'm glad you asked. Here, here's how. Because when we read our Bible and pray, we gain something that has the ability to bring comfort and peace and calmness to even like the most anxious, frustrated heart. It has the ability to rescue us from all kinds of difficulties and trials. When we read our Bible and pray, we gain something that's absolutely essential for thankfulness and its perspective. We gain proper perspective. Because what Satan loves to do is to get us all twisted up about all these details of life. Worried about what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink and what we're going to wear. But what Jesus says, right, on the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus says is, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all of those things will be added to you. When your perspective is right where it needs to be, then you're not going to be worried anymore about what you don't have, about what you need to eat and what you need to drink. And you'll trust. What Satan loves to do is to get us thinking about all of the things that might go wrong. All of the possibilities of things that could, that could just be a disaster. He loves to have us stressing out about things that we can't control and things that might not even ever happen. But what Jesus says in that same Sermon on the Mount is, don't worry about tomorrow. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. It's that kind of perspective that focuses us back on what really matters, what it's really important. What Satan loves to do, what he loves to do is to, to try and get us to be more 
greedy and angry and selfish and unsatisfied and discontented with life. But God's Word says in Colossians chapter 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. We need to read that sentence over and over and over again because we forget that that is who we are. That that is true. We were called to peace. He says, and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I love the simplicity of that passage of Scripture. Paul is instructing us there essentially to read our Bibles and pray. There's other things that are going to be a part of this life of thankfulness and gratitude and contentment, but that's the core. Paul instructs us here to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, which is a a, a supernatural peace, right? It's a peace that comes from from Him, from outside of ourselves, not not from something uh, inside us. It's a peace that's rooted in Jesus Christ. He says, and be thankful. Man, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Letting that, that supernatural, beyond all comprehension kind of peace rule in our hearts and and just so that we're overflowing with thankfulness. That sounds great, but how? How do we do that? How do we accomplish that? Paul's answer? Read your Bible. If you want the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts, then you have to let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. I don't think there's any other way. I don't think there's any other way to get this kind of peace and contentment. We, we keep trying other things, right? We keep striving for contentment in, you know, in money and in stuff, and entertainment and family, and all those things are fun and they're great, but they don't really bring about this kind of peace only when we allow the Word of Christ to dwell in us will the peace of Christ be ours, Right? Only when we allow the Word of Christ to dwell in us will the peace of Christ be ours. Man, that will tweet, right? Take your phones out right now. Open up Twitter. We need to read God's Word. We need to study it. We need to meditate on it. He says here, uh, teach, admonish one another using it with all wisdom. That, that admonish, that's, that's cautioning, that's warning, that's, that's all about perspective, right? It's all about regaining perspective through using the Word of God, helping people to understand what's most important and what's central and what's core through 
the Word of God. Help them see it. When, when life starts to get frightening and scary and overwhelming, remind people of how big and awesome and wonderful our God is. I think part of our core problem is that we have a tendency to look at ourselves, right? Our own problems, our limitations, our struggles. When we read the Bible, though, that's when we regain this, this bigger perspective. It reorients our perspective off of ourselves and onto greater things. It helps us to re- Be reminded that there is this great, big, awesome, sovereign, totally in control, knows what He's doing, God that loves us, that we're His child. He's in control. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And we need to do that on a regular basis. Like We need that reminder. We need that perspective on a regular basis. We need to be reading our Bible on a regular basis because we forget, right? We are forgetful. We know, like we know with the front part of our brain that God is in control and that we can trust Him with all things. But when we're wading through the weeds of life and Dealing with hard things and struggles, we forget. All those other things, they collapse in around us and we start to forget that there's that God that's always there who knows what He's doing. Prayer and Bible study reminds us of those things that we know are true. It changes our thinking from fearful and discontented to thankful. And instead of thinking about the things that we don't have, we think about all the blessings that we do have. Instead of thinking about how we need to try and control stuff, we are reminded that there's a God who's in control. That's why it's so important to be spending time in the Word of God. How will we know it's working? Like, How will you know if when you're reading the Bible, it's giving you the right perspective. Like there's some clues, there's some signs that you're doing it right. Uh, and, and Paul mentions a few here, right? He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I think you'll know that you're doing it right because you'll sing. And you won't be able to not sing. You'll kind of need to sing and praise God and worship God. I don't know about you guys, but I think singing is weird. I think it's a little bit of a weird thing. How many of you like to sing? How many of you are like a big fan of singing? Yeah, I have a daughter who's raising her hand. She loves to sing. She's always singing like in the shower and while doing dishes and loudly in the car. Uh, At least she's got a lovely singing voice, which I, I praise God for that. I do not have a lovely singing voice. I don't. I, I'm, it's I'm a little self-conscious, but I still love to sing, usually when nobody else is around, like when I'm by myself in the car or uh, sometimes when I'm, when I'm cooking, uh, but I can't help but, but sing. There was a time when I couldn't, like I didn't understand it, it didn't make sense. Uh, I don't know if sometimes you come in here and, and you feel that like singing is, is a, it's, you feel self-conscious, you feel, you feel a little bit uh, awkward about it. 
Because it's a very emotional thing. It, it is a responsive thing, I think. I think it's a, it's a response to, to, to something. We sing, we sing because we're happy, because we're joyful. Like a, like a, a mom singing songs to her brand new baby. We just can't help but sing because of the joy. Sometimes we sing because we're sad, right? Because there's this therapeutic nature to singing. Helps us to, to feel things and makes us feel like it's okay to feel emotions and helps us to understand that we're not the only one that's ever felt sad the bible is a book that is full of songs there's an entire kind of long book that's all songs right the book of psalms and it's filled with all kinds of songs like not i mean there's there's songs of joy and songs of sorrow songs of regret and remorse songs of praise most of the songs in there, though, are about how awesome God is, what God has done, why He's worthy of our praise, why He deserves to have songs sung about Him. And when we, when we have that picture of God, that, that view of God through, through reading the, the Scripture, when we understand who He is and how great He is and how He has saved us, all that He's done to bless us, and when we get just how wonderful this God is, we won't be able to keep from singing. We won't be able to hold it in. If, if you come to church and sometimes find it difficult to sing, again, that's okay. I, I, I did when I first started going to church. What makes it easier is reading your Bible and praying. Because again, when you know how great God is, how great our salvation is, there's a shift in perspective where I'm now no longer as concerned about myself and my voice and it's not a matter of being self-conscious anymore. I don't care. I just want to worship and praise and honor and glorify God. There's a joy that you won't be able to hold in. Uh, Pastor D.L. Moody said this, joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through the dark. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows all through persecution and opposition. It is an unceasing fountain bubbling up in the heart. A secret spring that the world can't see and doesn't know anything about. The Lord gives His people perpetual joy when they walk in obedience with Him. So are you anxious or confused or worried or discontented? Read your Bible. <laughs> Regain a proper perspective and be refilled with this joy and peace. So read your Bible. The other thing you got to do is, is pray. Look at verse 17 there of Colossians. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. A lot of times our prayers to God are requests, right? And that's a good thing. There's not, it's not wrong. We're supposed to bring all of our needs, to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. It's okay to, to ask for things. But at some point, if we're paying attention, our prayers should shift, right, from requests 
to thanksgiving because at some point we're going to see God answer those prayers, those requests that we've been laying at his feet. We're going to see how God responds and it's going to bring us to praise and to worship. And as we're reading through the Bible and we see and learn more and more about who he is, it's going to cause us to worship and praise him. And, and our prayers will be shifted to this, this prayer of, of thanksgiving and, and adoration. Praises, right? Like, like Jesus says in the, in the Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name. Holy are you God. Your kingdom come. God, I want your will to be done on this earth like it is in heaven. And I don't think that that kind of, of joy-filled, thankful, God-worshipping prayer is, is going to be something that's going to be confined to those times when we've got our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I think it's just going to permeate our entire life. It's going to overflow in everything that we do, and whether it's a word or deed, like Paul says here in Colossians. It'll all be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will constantly be giving thanks to God through Christ. But Paul says the same thing, but a little bit different over in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, rejoice always. Again, how? How do I do that? How do I live that kind of life? How do I find that kind of constant joy? Where do I get that kind of peace from? The answer? Uh, read your Bible and pray. Pray without ceasing, he says. Don't ever, don't ever lose sight of this heavenly Father. Don't ever uh, uh, replace that heavenly focus for like worrying about the earthly. To pray, constantly stay connected to God. It's that it's that kind of prayer heart that enables us to be able to joyfully give thanks in everything. So a, a truly like thankful, grateful content, joyful life is not about getting what you want. It's, it's not even about counting all your blessings, although that's really a good thing to do. It's not found in eating your weight in Turkey, although we're going to try later today. It's found in gaining this eternal perspective. That kind of thankful heart is found when we don't get bogged down in the details of life, when we have a perspective that sees and understands and trusts who God is, when we have a perspective that enables us to give thanks in everything because we understand that that is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And that'll happen. We'll have that kind of perspective, that kind of thankful heart the more we read our Bible and pray. God, I thank You for Your Word that enables us to have this proper perspective on life. We understand that, man, there's an enemy 
who wants us to be focused on anything but you, who wants us to be anxious and discontent and worried rather than thankful and at peace. That God, we praise you. Thank you. Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us, there is peace. There is nothing that we have to fear. There is nothing that we got to worry about. Lord, You've given us everything that we need. And even during the hard times and the difficulties and the struggles in life, we know that ultimately You are a God who is sovereign and in control and working all things together for good. We know that we are people who don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Even in hard times, God, we can still praise You. We can rejoice always. Thank You, God, for that gift. Thank You for what You've done. We praise You. We worship You. In Jesus' name, Amen.